Hello, everybody, and indeed, I'm Tony Val, and this is Hoosier Hometown Heroes. This would be episode 16 uh, of the latest version of the podcast. My guest today is Danny O'Malia, of course, of the O'Malia's Supermarkets fame. Danny is the first repeat guest on Hoosier Hometown Heroes. I had Danny on years ago to talk about customer service and Joe O'Malia, the founder of O'Malia's Supermarkets. And it's about time that I had Danny back. We had a great visit and it was just good to catch up with Danny. And it's never a bad thing to get a reminder of how important customer service is. I tell Danny practically every time that I see him that I think O'Malia's was kind of the Nordstrom's of Indianapolis in terms of customer service level. I, obviously, O'Malia's didn't sell uh, clothing and so forth, but the O'Malia's level of customer service, I think, was something that we all should be proud of. And for sure, to me, that's the O'Malia family legacy. Before we get to the interview, I must thank our sponsor, Prometheus Consulting. And let me tell you, something I've learned recently after visiting with a few uh, longtime friends, I've kind of realized a lot of people don't exactly understand what I do. <laughs> so I'm going to try to start making it more clear for people, I suppose. Um, I am one of the founders of Prometheus Consulting. And so I guess just in this podcast, I'll try to find a little bit different way of describing what we do. We basically do 24-7 computer support for uh, companies and organizations, uh, mostly around Indianapolis. We act as essentially an outsourced IT department for um, companies that you know don't have their own very seasoned internal IT folks. And on most days, what that looks like is we are kind of monitoring all your computers and network behind the scenes. And a lot of times we're fixing problems that our customers don't even know they're having. So most of the time we're kind of like Keebler elves. Of course, sometimes our computer users do notice that they're having a problem and they will reach out to us. They reach out to our help desk. That's a 24 seven help desk and we provide technicians that fix all sorts of computer problems day and night. And then from kind of a higher level, we uh, provide really full service procurement of computer hardware and software, and really just advice on how to keep your network going, how to keep your technology working for you. Um, so that's maybe in more detail than I'm used to saying on this podcast usually. But um, if you're just not quite happy with whoever your IT support is, give Prometheus a call and likely you'll you'll be funneled to me at some point. Uh, the number at Prometheus is 317-733-2388. And now uh, please enjoy my conversation with Danny O'Malia. Well, welcome to Welcome back to Hoosier Hometown Heroes, Danny. It's great to be back, Tony. I think uh, where I want to start right away is I believe one day in advance, happy birthday is in order. Am I right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Ha. How did okay. you know? Facebook, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no. You know, I have it on my calendar. Well, good for you. Yeah. And the, yeah. the amazing part of that story is that I actually read my calendar. This is proof. D Danny O'Malley's birthday. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So uh, 
I also want to make the point that uh, so years ago I was on your radio show. Right. And I, you probably don't remember this. You would have no reason to remember, but we did it two weeks in a row. I can't even remember why. We couldn't cover all the ground in okay. one week. That okay. was it. Now, that's a very rare thing that I can't cover all the ground in one week. Yeah. Well, you said to me on that second week, you said, I want you to know, you're, you said you're the first repeat guest on my radio that's show. That's right. Well, so now I can say to you today, Danny, you are the first repeat guest on Who's Your Hometown Heroes. Hey, what goes around <laughs> comes around, right? <laughs> yeah. There's something between us here. Well, you've yeah. been on the show three times then. That's right. Because I was we on... just uh, taped a show not long ago. Yes, that'll air the 26th, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Looking forward to that. So, um, Here's where I wanted to start to get into the heart of, of kind of our discussion today. So I saw your recent Sparks Talk. And I learned something that I, I wasn't aware of before, and I just kind of wanted to start there. I did not realize that um, Joe O'Malia had a, a kind of trouble starting out, it sounds like. There were, there were, it was not a resounding success right from the beginning. Well, the O'Malia Food Markets was, but 10 years before that, he opened a store in Broad Ripple. You heard about it in the Sparks talk that did not pan out very well. Uh, for him. But uh, the theme of the Sparks talks that night was my secret. So that was a secret. Not many people know that Joe failed in his first store, but he never gave up. And that was the theme of my talk. Never, ever, ever give up. So uh, though he lost the first store, he put his nose back to the grindstone, went back to work for a couple of other local chains for nine years and built up more credit with a bank and got more experience and then hit a home run with O'Malley's ten years later. So it was so it was about ten years mm-hmm. from his first try to his second. Now, were you at an age where you were kind of affected by that, or is it, did you learn about it later on? <laughs> well, I was eight, nine, ten years old at the time he lost. He opened and lost the first store, and he had me working in there. And I think I told you the story how he used to send me down the street to pick up products that they didn't have room for at a bigger store, a Kroger store. Uh-huh. Uh, I was too young to worry about it at the time. Good. It good seemed for to you. me like, uh, ironically, and it's in the in the Sparks talk. Uh, as soon as uh, the store failed, he got a call from his old boss, uh, who said, "Come back to work for me." And so that happened for a couple of years, and then he had another local chain, and so he was always working. It it seemed kind of seamless to me as an eight, nine, ten year old. Until I learned the whole backstory later, that that's good. Sense? It's it's good to you know to think that you didn't have to worry unduly. You know, every once in a while, I think as a business owner, I as I was telling you before we started uh, taping today, you know, Lewis is seven, and there's there's a risk to being a business owner, and sometimes sometimes we lay our head on the pillow and say, I'm not sure if I can make this sucker run tomorrow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, it's you know you I think kids young kids you don't you don't want to worry about them worrying you want to shield well, them. My folks did a good job shielding me. I know my dad was worried, um, but he had built up a lot of equity in the gr- local grocery business, both with Kroger and then the, the 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 chain he worked for in the early '50s, and he had a good reputation around town, and so things started to pick up, and he got. Ten years more experience, ten years more credit with the bank, if you will. Sure. 
and didn't remake the same mistakes the second time. And, yes, yes. And by the time he opened the next store and I was in college and I'd seen his successes in the in interim, uh, I wasn't too worried. I, he, he, I was praying just to make sure, but uh, I wasn't too worried about it because I knew he knew what he was doing. Mm. You could see it even even back then. Well, that's good. In the Sparks talk, I talked about the store where he was a, a one third owner in the early '60s that went from six thousand bucks a week when they bought it to fifty thousand bucks a week a year later, <coughs> and how it's everybody, quite a jump. the the employees, the customers, the vendors. It's all because of the way that man treats people. And at which point I go, everything my dad's taught me is working out. Yes. Yes. Since you're um, <coughs> wanting to clear your throat, that gives me the perfect chance to for a very verbose question. I I can't ask, ask a uh, a brief question. I have to <laughs> I have to meander. But um, what I wanted to to cover next, Danny, is um, you know, of course, I, I I was excited to have you on because I feel like we can we as a community we have learned so much from you well, and thank we you. can thank you and we can so we're gonna learn a little bit more today okay i'll try <laughs> and well I, I don't think it'll be very hard for you but um i have in the talks that i've seen you give and in and in talks uh with you just with you personally i hear you talk over and over about culture can you tell me and obviously the way you help the indie community now with customer service of course, it all grows from the O'Malley story. That's so right. can you give us a sense for what was the culture at O'Malley's supermarkets? Well, when, when I say before O'Malley's with the, with the store at 71st and Keystone and the 800% increase in the business and, and, and the customers and the employees and the vendors saying it's all Joe O'Malley, that's culture. Culture is what makes a place or a family or a city what it is. Uh, and, and in the case of O'Malley's, my dad uh, started the culture with a running start because he had employees from some of the other stores, the very best employees from Stop and Shop, from Preston's, that had worked with him five, ten years before, uh, come on board with him. They were, they were already people who agreed with him about mm. customer service and about teamwork and getting along with each other and helping each other out to take care of the customers. So he had kind of a running start from all those years of building those great relationships and being around great people. I told the story about my dad's first employee at O'Malley's was one of his employees at Preston's. Yeah. And uh, when he found out my dad was going to build the store, he had to drive twice as far for, from home to work every day. But he said, I don't care. I want to work with you. Hmm. Right, not for you, with you, Danny Barton. He just died a couple years ago. God bless. Him. I, I read about that recently. I think you. I think uh, on your blog. One of, one of the uh, actually one of the star reporters did a big article uh, on Joe O'Malley's first employee wow. passing away, and uh, it was a kind of a milestone. Hmm. So that's a that's a good picture of of I think the genesis of the culture with O'Malley's. Why should why should we business owners care? You know, why should we care so much about culture? Well, because that's probably a dumb sounding question. Well, because if you don't, you'll end up not like Nordstrom, Chick-fil-A, Southwest Airlines that still have great cultures, but you'll end up gone or miserable (laughs) or both. Uh, you, You have to respect your culture and you have to keep tending to your culture. 
as you grow, you have to add things. You know, it's not as easy to run eight grocery stores or nine like we had as it was one. I'll bet. And so um, you got to keep onboarding good people and not take too many good people out of the stores that you already had and let them go to seed, which was kind of what happened, partly what happened to my dad, you know, 10 years prior. Uh, You can't grow too fast and you have to keep respecting the culture. And as you get bigger, you have to work harder because you got more and more people that you need to have understand the culture. You know what I mean? And, sure. And, and, and the teamwork and the customer service and all of that. Mm-hmm. So when we had a couple of three stores, we kind of let the managers hire everybody and train everybody. But by the time we had six or seven stores, we realized, you know, we're missing something in doing that. We need all these people to understand that Joe did fail once, you know, and how hard he worked to get back and, and how difficult it was in the beginning and so on and so forth. And, and what each employee means to the success of all the other employees. Yeah. And so the new employee orientation helped smooth the rest of the growth. And that was just an example. Mm-hmm. Did, uh, did your dad ever get to retire? Uh, yes and no. He did not really, he wasn't comfortable with retirement, but, but, but a combination of health issues. My mom had Alzheimer's. And then by the time she passed, this was in, uh, 92 he was uh, really slowing down himself physically and it took a lot out of him so he was more or less forced into retirement by his health if his health had remained good he never would have retired he would have just kept on going huh? he would have kept on going yeah uh I want to dive a little deeper now into the perspective of the business owner and and culture and customer service are so important let's get more specific you know, every business owner gets a complaint from time to time. How can we how can we see that differently than or what are most business owners kind of missing when they get a complaint? Would well, you say? I'm I'm glad you asked about complaints. And in our first interview here, you put my uh, dad's eleven steps to handling complaints up on the screen. Uh, you have to teach the the employees that a complaint is really an opportunity. Uh, to make lemonade out of lemons. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said the best way to treat an enemy is to make him a friend. Uh, and, and he told me uh, that uh, when he put me in charge of handling complaints, he said, now, you're going to think this is a very hard job, but you use these 11 steps you just wrote down. And uh, within a year or so, it, you're going to look forward to this because you're going to know it's going to be an opportunity to make lemonade out of lemons and make that customer like us better than he or she did even before we made the mistake, if we made the mistake. Uh, and he turned out to be right. It turned out to be a great opportunity the customer was offering us by complaining to us rather than just going to another store. And to be known as the store where you can complain and they'll do something about it, it's got a lot of value to it. Absolutely. It also, in a way, Danny, just to, just to play devil's advocate, it also sounds exhausting. Like, wouldn't you guys get customer calls at home? Your dad, uh, your dad would take not, calls? Not too often at home, although I did get one at home on a Christmas day when the kids were getting ready to unwrap their presents because the lady had picked up a fresh turkey the day before that she had ordered, uh, and it was bad. <clears throat> and um, I had to go. The store was closed. I had to go unlock the store. 
find a fresh turkey that somebody had failed to pick up uh-huh. the day before yeah. and take it to her house. But that's pretty, that was pretty rare. Huh. Most of the complaints came right to headquarters. Uh, back in the day, you got a lot of letters, snail mail complaints, but you also got phone complaints. And, of course, the whole idea of getting to those complaints real fast was huge. And I still have people say, boy, you know, back in 1996, uh, I called you. You called me back in a half hour. You got the produce guy on the phone with you, and the product problem was solved. And they remember that from 1996 because it's rare these days. But uh, hopefully not at my clients. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, speaking of your clients, that's a great opportunity to talk about how someone can become a client. (laughs) Um, I want to remind our listeners and viewers, uh, Danny O'Malia is my guest. He is Indy's Trusted Servant. The website is indystrustedservant.com. Um, Danny also has a radio show that I've been on a few times. And you're going to be on again. Yeah, it's coming up. My episode is coming up uh, Wednesday, September 26th. The show is all, always Wednesdays at from 4.30 p.m. to 5 p.m., right, Danny? On 91.9 FM, W-I-T-T. Yes. Or We're, online at 919-W-I-T-T.org. Oh, see, I learned something there. I, I didn't... Uh, know that online listening was an option you can listen 430 online as well great right up your alley (laughs) yeah right well so um you know i i like to prepare for these talks it's just fun and uh i've shared with you before i love history and of course I mean, you're, the O'Malia family is one of the more historic Indianapolis families, you well, have to thank say. thank you. Thank you. But in looking, just in preparing for the talk today, Danny, um, when I think about you, one of the things that, that comes to mind, this is slightly different from culture, but I'm sure it's, it's very similar, has similar roots. But I think you're, you're a guy, you're a community person. I mean, you're involved in the community. Of course, I see you everywhere. Catholic business exchange meetings, one zone. Uh, You're always promoting uh, things like cathedral, Xavier. Um, You're... (laughs) I'm a bit of a homer. (laughs) Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Just how... Talk about how important community is to you. Well, you know, that's one of the... That's part of the O'Malia culture. Joe was always really big on, you know, you got to support the people that are supporting you. I remember um, one of the early things, and I was still in college. Um, when my dad opened his first door at 106th and uh, College, uh, the Carmel Dad's Club is a huge entity within Carmel. And uh, that first or second Halloween he was open, he donated all the pumpkin sales to the Carmel Pups, uh, which, which is a youth football it might have been the dad's club. The pups are part of the dad's club. So I don't know if it was the pups or the dad's club, but oh my God, we sold a lot of pumpkins. And uh, it just went from there. Uh, we always had an O'Malia, you know, we started in Carmel. We always had O'Malia teams in the Little League with, you know, with our jerseys and our logo on them. And, uh, and that just, that just uh, continued to expand as we went to more stores you know now we're supporting noblesville now we're supporting north central etc 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 and and uh stuff in the community we, we always wanted to support it uh dad was even a big brother when when all of his kids got uh, older 
And his first two grandkids, my two oldest children, were little girls. He started missing having a, a little boy around, so he became a big brother. And we used Neat. to, you know, buy a couple tables at the big brother's dinner. And I'm just throwing a few things out there, but we supported a lot of stuff. We were always the sponsor of the St. Patrick's Day Parade. We were always the sponsor of Irish Fest. Guess why? <laughs> uh, they're going to call us, <laughs> so we better support it. <laughs> you know, again, in researching your uh your background one of the one of my favorite things that i found and i'm not going to be able to retrieve the name correctly but for but the uh the uh irish citizen award for that was 2015 right irish citizen of the year that is an award that the indiana the old indiana annapolis athletic club ah uh which is now condos but they have a foundation that uh raises money to to help kids uh, and they give an Irishman of the Year award, and that Irishman or Woman of the Year is the Grand Marshal of the parade. Neat. And the uh, the committee is all the people that have been Irish People of the Year award. Yeah. So my my name came up, I guess, finally in 2015, and I had my whole family, all my uh, daughters, grand grandkids, and so on and so forth on the float with me. It was a riot. Neat. That's it great. It was a riot. That's great. So I think of you, one of the ways I think of you is, you know, you help businesses with their customer service. Um, and again, I would encourage anyone to reach out to Danny who wants help with this. Appreciate it. What, what do you say to the person who is not a business owner? Can we apply the teachings, let's say, of the O'Malley Astoria just as people? Well, I think you can. Of course, you know, Joe always pronounced... Um, his philosophy basically was if you do the right thing for the, if you try to do the right thing for the right reason with everybody every time you should be successful at whatever you do okay so if everybody tries to do the right thing for the right reason every time uh things places will be easier to work at right yeah and uh and some of the things are pretty basic i'll tell you a quick story about one of my clients one of my clients ran a uh and local AM and FM radio stations. Uh, he had 20 employees. He said, I really got a problem. I got 20 employees. You would think it would be easy for 20 people to work together. But I got the on-air talent. I got the salespeople. I got IT people. I got a couple of accountants, and I got a couple of events people. Now, he said, you would think the salespeople and the on-air talent would recognize that without each other, they're nothing. But they won't work together. Can you help me with that? I know you do teamwork. Can you, can you help unravel that? Human nature, you know, he says, the, uh, the sales guy will throw an ad in front of the disc jockey with five minutes left in the show and expect him to read it. But he's already planned his show out. So maybe he reads it, but he gets mad. And now they're at each other's throats when they should just help each other out as much as they can and talk out in the community about each other as well as they can because it's going to help you people need to be reminded of that you know in 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 the work world um there, there's a lot of you know we're all human beings and we all have our failings and our sensitivities and some of us some of us are a little less judicious about the way we speak to people if everybody would just again try to do the right thing for the right reason with everybody every time that would alleviate a lot of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so that's part of the the message that i try to you know, spread when I'm talking to a group of employees at, at whatever place 
is you're all really important to each other. And one of the other things I'll say is, you know, in a hierarchical situation, which most businesses are, sometimes the least important employee is the most important employee. In a grocery store, that carryout person's really important. That might be the first and last person the customer sees, but that might be the lowest paid person in the company. But you got to make sure that person feels important, understands the importance of, of the job. And, and it, when, when that happens, that person is a goodwill ambassador. That reminds me of the inverted Nordstrom's pyramid, which yeah. I think I've seen in one of your it's presentations. It's in the PowerPoint. It's upside yeah. down. Yes. They all ought to be upside down. They should have the customers on the top yeah. and the big shots on the bottom. And the people that take care of the customers, they should be right there next to the customers. And the people that run the company should be supporting the people taking care of the customers. That's what Nordstrom does. Yeah. And Nordstrom also tries to have very few rules. The one rule is use good judgment in all situations. So, yeah, they give refunds for stuff they don't even carry. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I read— They've empowered their people. Yes. You know, it's funny. I read a—I'm sure I've shared this with you before. I read a— History of Nordstrom's, and of course, if you, when you read a Nordstrom's history, you're going to see stories uh, like uh, you know someone brought in a pair of uh, used tires that they to return. Uh, yep, yep. Never, of course, they never bought them at Nordstrom's, and Nordstrom's refunded. Is it's funny that just those stories made me a a uh, Nordstrom's customer. Well, I'll tell you my favorite Nordstrom story. I don't. I hope we have time for this. Harried businessman runs into a mall. At 5:30, suit and tie, goes to the Nordstrom store to the perfume counter. It's my wedding anniversary. I'm meeting my wife for an hour. I haven't done anything. Do you have Tony Val perfume? <laughs> no, we don't. But how long are you gonna be in the mall? I think I can find you some. Well, I gotta go to the candy store and the florist. I'll be back here in 20 minutes. She says I'll have it for you. She knows Macy says it at the other end of the mall. She gets another girl to watch her counter for her teamwork okay empowered employees she hoofs down to the macy's buys the perfume brings it back wraps it has it for him when he comes back now the point is he went to nordstrom because he knew they'd dig him out somehow yes right macy's had the stuff he didn't know that but he figured his better bet was nordstrom well, I call that being in the pole position, you know, like the pole at the 500. Yeah. And uh, Nordstrom's was in the pole position that night. That's where you want to be mm. with the customer. You know, I'll share, um, I'll share a story, a Prometheus story with you just because you are who you are, and I think you would appreciate this. Uh, I, I heard a story secondhand just about something that, that happened uh, uh, with a client of ours. So... Um, a client had a big um, iMac computer. They did a bunch of video work on it and stuff, and it was get, getting old. And it had just slowed down, slowed down, slowed down. So they they brought it in. They said, just replace it. Just I, I just want to – it's too slow. Just get me a new one. You guys recycle this one. Well, one of our employees – took a look and and now a new one is you know going to be three thousand dollars something like that big money took a look and said you know if we just simply replace the hard drive with a a faster type of hard drive it would actually be just about like new and 
$300 versus $3,000. Fabulous. Yes. And so that's what they did. Now, what's interesting, Danny, is I, you know, this is just something I heard secondhand. It's interesting to almost reverse engineer. And, and I find myself asking, how did, how did that happen? I'm very pleased that that's the type of employees we have. You should be. But you, you deserve a lot of credit for A, hiring that type. And I B, suppose. And B, empowering. Yeah. We, I talk a lot about empowerment. Nordstrom's very good at empowerment. You should never get in, in trouble for trying to take care of a customer. Now, you might make a mistake. You might overdo it with a refund or whatever. But if you're trying to take care of a customer, you're not going to get in trouble for it. And, and that's obviously the message you've got to your employees. I suppose so. Uh, it, that reminds me of another one of your slides that says something like, Having rules gives the employees reasons to say no to the customer. That's, that's why we that, hate rules. That's yeah. another Nordstrom thing. Uh, that, that is right. Nordstrom. Yep. Okay. Yep. You've got to have some rules, obviously. Sure, sure. Um, well, Danny, I, would, uh, I have uh, listeners and viewers that would uh, get on me if I didn't ask about how Shannon's boys are doing. So can you, can you give us an update on, uh, on how Connor and Danny are doing? Well, thanks, Tony. Um, as you may know, on my website, I have a, 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 a two videos. One of them is my initial interviews with you on Who's Your Hometown Heroes. I've seen that. The other is my speech that I do for free called uh, uh, Faith in the Face of Tragedy. And the, the speech is three and a half years old. The tragedy was four years and two months ago now. And Connor and, and Danny, Shannon's two boys, as you may know, they've been uh, – well, we're in the process of my youngest daughter, Colleen, and her husband, Doug, adopting them. But they are in the family with Colleen and Doug and their three little ones, Ryan, age seven, Maddie, age five, and baby Shannon, age three. And there's a great story about baby Shannon. Uh, uh, she was born after the tragedy, and uh, we, my, my son and da uh, daughter and son-in-law had decided to respect my wishes not to know the gender of the child. So they did not know themselves. And uh, uh, this was going to be my last grandchild of eight, probably. And um, they gave me that gift. And Danny, who was about, let's see, he's 12 now, so he was about nine then, came to Colleen and said, if it's a girl, would you think of naming it Shannon? Uh, and this was, you know, um, just a year after the tragedy. And uh, she said, well, how would you and Connor feel about that? And he goes, well, I talked to Connor, and he wants it too. And so she talked to the counselor, you know, that they, they were going to. And they said, boy, if the boys are comfortable with that, well, you cannot believe the two boys with their little – they love Ryan and Maddie, and they're great with them. But that little Shannon, you know, uh, they're fabulous with her. Hmm. Connor's a freshman at Cathedral. Um, wow, time flies. It, it does, it does. And Danny's a seventh grader at Louis de Montfort, uh, so he's now my oldest grandchild in school there. Connor's a year behind his uh, older cousin, uh, Allison, who's a sophomore at Cathedral. That's my oldest daughter, Janet's daughter. So he's there with her, and um, they're, they're, they're doing marvelously well. Uh, Connor is uh, playing baseball, fall, fall baseball right now. He's, he's a very good baseball player. I enjoy seeing him play a lot and uh danny is uh playing baseball and lacrosse still uh and uh they're they're both doing very well and i i just have to say that 
the prayers that everybody has continued to offer. Um, I saw at the Cathedral 100th anniversary event Saturday night a guy that was a year ahead of me who I had not seen since before the tragedy. And the first thing he said was, I want you to know I've prayed for you every day. And so we feel that. And those, those, those prayers get to the boys, if you will. Uh, so they're doing well in school. Uh, they're, they're great big brothers to their little cousins. Uh, and they've got friends from here to, you know, uh, to, to wherever. Uh, I was taking one of him and one of his friends to a cathedral football game last week, and I re was really getting to know the friend uh, who was kind of new in the, in the neighborhood. And I said, how did you choose cathedral over Garen, which is the Catholic school up in Hamilton, closer? And he said, well all my best buddies were going to cathedral, you know, <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, that would include Connor. So, uh, they're, they're doing great thing. And again, we could still use the prayers. I'm sure that I know they have their down moments as we all do, but, uh, the community has been great to all of us, but especially to those two boys. Yeah. And my son-in-law and my daughter don't know where we'd be without them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's terrific to get an update. Um, thank you. you know, thank you for all... asking think about think about you all quite a lot um i want to remind everyone danny O'Malia is has been my guest uh, he is indy's trusted servant the website is indy's trusted servant.com uh check his radio show out especially on september 26 where yours truly will be a guest uh, tell him what you're going to talk about i'll be talking about email security lots of go. lots of bad email stuff going around yes exactly um the uh, the radio uh, station is ninety one point nine WITT. Uh, his Danny show airs every Wednesday from four thirty p.m. to five p.m. Danny, thanks so much. It's great to catch up with you. Always great to see you. Let me add, if anybody wants to talk to me about customer service and culture, three one seven four one three nine zero six two. Thanks Very for good. having me, Tony. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Danny.